Do not be ashamed of the cross. I remember when I was about nine years old, I had an idea of something that would be a great gift for my mother. And so I journeyed into my dad's workroom in the basement and I grabbed two large slabs of wood, found the biggest nails I could, and I made a large eight-foot-tall wooden cross. Just imagine your son presenting this to you. After the initial cuteness wears off, you very quickly realize that you have a giant cross in your basement. As I presented it to my mother in my own innocence, I said to her, Mom, I want to put that out in the lawn. So how do you break this news to a nine-year-old? That in a city, this probably isn't the best idea. That it didn't always have the glorious love of Jesus, meaning that he thought. That there's a reality of darkness in history. And that there is a reality that sometimes we are ashamed of the cross. That cross remained in my parents' basement in that workroom for about five years. Right? It's difficult enough to take a picture off the fridge, right? but what do you do with an eight-foot cross? But slowly the reality of suffering the cross of the world was unpacked for me as a child growing into adulthood. And so here on this Good Friday, I want to ask that question. Am I ashamed of the cross? Let's pause a moment to take this madness on. The humiliation, the ugliness, the horrid nature of the cross. To ignore how ugly it is strips our faith of its meaning. I think we get too used to it as an artistic. We don't see the true ugliness of a man being nailed to a tree. When Christ becomes man, he descends into the depth of our own suffering. He is whipped, scourged, crowned with thorns, mocked, spat upon, and nailed to a tree. God himself became man, was born as a child, grew among us. Yet his own friends betrayed or left him. All but one of his disciples and his own mother. Why did they leave him? They were ashamed. Jesus told them, unless you deny yourself and take up your cross, you cannot be my disciple. I can imagine those disciples thinking to themselves, if this is the cost of discipleship, forget it. 
but John remains by the cross. This is the call of discipleship. We must remain by the cross of Jesus. We must stay by him while he suffers. And he still suffers today. And we must not be ashamed that Jesus Christ suffered and that he still suffers. You may say, or may be thinking, but Father, he's risen. He ascended. That suffering's over, right? Not yet. St. Paul tells us, in my flesh, I complete what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is the church. Jesus Christ united himself to our suffering, and our suffering has become one with his. So that indeed our suffering has become redemptive. Right? Not by my own work, not by our own work, but by the blessed passion of Jesus Christ. Our suffering is redemptive. Our suffering is redemptive. So Jesus asks us, remain with me at the cross. John remains at the cross. Let's get practical. What does it look like in my own life to stay at the cross of Jesus Christ? To stay at the foot of the cross? This is the same John who remains at the cross, who also leans his head against the breast of Jesus at the Last Supper. This is the disciple that deeply, deeply loved Jesus and knew where to encounter him. There is so much suffering in the world. St. Teresa of Calcutta, or Mother Teresa, was so closely united to Christ and the suffering poor. She herself was living out Matthew 25. Amen, I say to you, whatever you did for the least of these, my brethren, you did it for me. Jesus isn't speaking in some distant or poetic way here. This is a deep and a lasting truth. Yesterday we celebrated the feast of the institution of the Eucharist. His mother Teresa also said that if we recognize Jesus under the appearance of bread, we will have no difficulty recognizing him in the disguise of the suffering poor. St. Mother Teresa is a saint because she remained with Jesus. She served him by feeding him, clothing him, ministering to him in the dying of the streets of Calcutta. Calcutta was the foot of the cross, and she remained with him there. So don't run from the cross. One of the most difficult realities for myself as a priest 
is this. In the midst of suffering, dying, and darkness, I'm called by my very person to remain there. Not just to remain there, to plunge myself into it. And so when I'm in a room with a family whose loved one is dying, I must remain. Not that I would physically leave or anything. No, but it's a much deeper reality that I must remain. Very quickly in those moments, my focus becomes this. What do I need to say? There must be something I can do to fix this. How can I take away this suffering? How can I make it go away? I remember in the early first couple years of my priesthood, praying over this, this struggle. And finally, one day, I found light in the words that St. John speaks at the foot of the cross of Jesus. Absolutely nothing. He says absolutely nothing. He's present and he's there. He remains at the cross. Don't leave Jesus alone. The world is such a lonely place right now. This past year weighs heavy on many of us. There's still those who are stuck at home, unable to interact with the world. There's us who are a little worn out. But I think if this past year has taught us anything, we should see that with all the technology in the world, all the innovation, everything man has created, nothing has been able to replace the reality of human interaction. Nothing replaces mercy. Nothing replaces accompaniment of standing there, of remaining at the cross and by the cross of others. There's so much darkness and violence in the world. And so the question often arises in our hearts, why does God permit this? The all-powerful God could easily make this go away. But he chose to become one with us, to enter into our own suffering, to not leave us alone. Even though in this hour we left him alone, he chose to make our own cross his own. It is our crosses in this world that are the cross of Jesus Christ. Yet in this extraordinary darkness of the world, we must be that one person willing with the blinding light of Jesus Christ to rush into the darkness. Why are they alone? The disciples fled. John remains at the cross with Mary. How many times, how many times 
have I fled from the cross of Jesus? As I drive in a, in a city and I see a poor man on the in, interstate's exit ramp begging, I quickly roll up my window. And I ask those questions, whether he's going to buy food or drugs or alcohol with that money. Regardless of what he's going to buy, he is alone. It's not food or money or any of that that he needs. What he needs is someone to stand by his cross. The single mother who just received news that she's with child and alone. The man she thought loved her abandoned her. She's alone, scared, afraid. And I dare to suggest what the world's solution would be. Yet what she truly needs in that moment, what she truly needs is not condemnation or easy solutions. What she truly needs is someone to stand there by her cross, the cross of Jesus Christ. I walk in the lunchroom past a table where that weird kid sits, fearful of what others may say. My parents taught me not to talk to strangers, but perhaps maybe they got that one wrong because he's alone. And he is the cross of Jesus Christ. Stand by him and by his cross. That is the cross of Jesus Christ. The young teenager who is alone, depressed, and unable to make sense of this world. Trying to fill this sadness, but completely lost and confused. Alone in need of a mother, in need of a dad, in need of a friend, someone to stand by their cross, which is the cross of Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, do not be afraid. Do not be ashamed of the cross of Jesus Christ. The cross of Jesus is still in this world, and so often he remains alone. Yet there he is in the least of our brothers and sisters, abandoned. Remain by his cross. Stay with him.